Welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, JP. And I'm here as always with Father Shark. Hey, for the hundredth time. And also Matt Wells for the hundredth time. Sort of. Seemingly. Sort of. Well, I mean, all of us, not quite. I don't know. Uh, That's true. None of us have been here exactly a hundred <laughs> episodes. Yeah, yeah. But we, was, there are 100 episodes in the canon that, of, of Master's Divinity. Such a such a lackluster introduction, and then you didn't even give me the chance to say hi. You just talked right <laughs> through it. So it's great. It's wonderful. You want to say hi? Say hi to the kids? No, I don't want to say hi. No, no. It's too late now. You blew it. No, I'm not saying hi. Okay. Y'all can just All forget right. about it. Well, so much for our 100th episode. We're off to a good start. 100 episodes, I don't even like you two anymore. If you're ever wondering say hi how to many, anybody. If you're ever wondering how many episodes of a podcast does it take for you to become disillusioned with your project? 99. Uh, it's, it's about 99. It's about, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I will say, in thinking about what we could have done for this 100th episode, and who knows, maybe we just scrap this one and do something else anyway, um, <clears throat> is... Um, is either like making a joke and like either we started off and it becomes like like we, we we put in recordings for like a terrence and philip episode which i think would be pretty funny um or or instead we just do an episode of um of um uh browning and or browning and posts um <laughs> house of curiosities or whatever we call uh, curio- what is it it's a um antiques and curiosity what was it i don't remember <laughs> So sad. Uh, I don't have my I improv forgotten. shoes on. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, sad yeah. that you forgot. <clears throat> I, would, I would, you know, I would go back and tell you the title of your show because you've talked about it on our podcast. But we have too many episodes now, and I don't feel like going through them anymore. So <laughs> uh, we do have a lot. I mean, we, we we have a topic, but you know, how about we we take a few moments to. Uh, reflect on on our uh, our little little project here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Shark, uh, do you have any? Um, uh, I didn't plan this. I'm just kind of coming with it right now. Do you have any episodes in the past that you think are uh, pretty cool that you do you enjoyed doing? Um, I well, I yeah. Um, it's just thinking about the whole thing. I'm just, it just kind of, it's still crazy. Like whenever I play one of our episodes and listen to it to think like I did that, like it's cool. Cause like, you know, it, it sounds, <clears throat> it oftentimes sounds professional. <laughs> it sounds like sometimes. it's hard to, yeah. It's just like the, and especially compared to like our first episodes that, <laughs> yeah. That like, and just like knowing what, knowing what really goes on into making each of these, it's just really, it's really amazing and surprising to like, to see that like, oh, we've done this and it's on like people around the world have listened to this. Like there are people that none of us have ever met that have like engaged with our opinions and thoughts. Um, and that's Three just, of them. and that's just a cool, and that's just a cool thing. Yeah. A lot of robots. Um, <clears throat> but it's just, I think it's just a really cool thing that. Like one, this technology exists that allows us to do it, but just that we've actually done it. Like, um, cause you know, what's the, 
the barrier of entry is so low. It's just a matter of doing it, throwing some money onto a website so that you can host it and then connecting it to iTunes. I mean, it's really not that difficult to do something like this. And if, that's kind of if, amazing. If that, if that, you know, cause these days I think it's become even easier than that. You know, some podcasts, some that I listen to started out just, uh, going live on, on YouTube right. and just uploading from there and like not even bothering on a website or <laughs> social media or any kind of, I mean, it's cool. Like, it's cool that we have this and it's cool that this technology exists and it's cool that anyone can do it. And I will say, just in terms of my own personality and my career um, as a priest, this has actually made things a lot easier for me in terms of um, my own comfortability with talking to an internet audience. Because I was so awkward about it. Um, Nancy at my church could tell you that she, cause she recorded a sort of welcome video with me when I first started, um, at the chapel of St. Andrew in 2013. And it took like 20 takes. Like I just was, I was just not comfortable. I just didn't know how to do it. But after having done the podcast, it's now like, I can just go on Facebook live and some people have probably seen my Facebook live videos on the chapel's website or my own that I can just go on and hit play, hit record and just sort of go with it. And, and I'm, and I'm okay if it's not perfect. I'm okay if it's, you know, raw and fast or whatever. Like I just do it, get it done and move on. And I, and, and, and I credit, I credit this podcast with getting me comfortable with that because, you know, we're cool. Even though we're, even though we're millennials, we're not, um, we're not like that younger millennial demographic where we've had like a phone in our face for decades and yeah. where we've been recording selfies and taking selfies our entire life. So like, I don't know for the rest of you guys, but like to me, it's super awkward to talk to a screen um, and I'm getting more and more comfortable with it, but it's like, I just think like, like when my mom told stories about how the, when the first drive throughs showed up at fast food restaurants and how just weird it was to talk to a speaker. Really? Uh, yeah. I feel that way. I felt, I felt that way in the beginning of talking on like FaceTime or any of that or Skype, like we're doing now or any of that stuff. But now, now, Hey, it's, it's cool. Um, so that's, that's my reflection on a hundred episodes as for favorites. I don't want to steal away from Matt. Cause I, I, I would want, cause I know Matt's probably gonna want to talk about Rob Bell. And I think it's awesome. Unbelievably <laughs> awesome. That what was it? Our 12th episode, um, yeah. <laughs> that that got to happen. Um, <clears throat> but I also really enjoyed the fact that we got to talk about things like the satanic panic. Um, I love last week's episode. I was talking about the prosperity gospel, just stuff that has impacted us in our, in our own walks and lives and to be able to talk about it in a way that, and on one hand is not completely, completely dismissive, but on the other is, you know, critical and, and humorous and all mm-hmm. that. So, um, that, and I, I have to say every year, every year, music mayhem, baby. I love <laughs> music mayhem. <clears throat> nice. Matt, how about you? Reflecting on 100 episodes, do you have, uh, I don't know, have some thoughts or do you have, uh, some favorite episodes? <clears throat> No. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. No. First, uh, first, uh, yeah, I would have to first say how thankful I am for Data and Johnny Five, Wally, C3PO, R2D2. These are our bots that listen every week that I'm thankful <laughs> for. And I want to take a moment to acknowledge them because way to raise those numbers. Oh, please, um, it's like Yulia, like Roshinko. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, and 
Well, obviously, yes, everybody <clears throat> knows which one was going to be one of my favorite episodes just because I can't believe that happened. Um, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. And also because there's still a documentary in there that JP needs to get down to Florida and make because uh, it was supposed, I, to, I've been supposed think- to happen. But episode 12, yes, you've been <clears throat> thinking what? Yeah, I was just saying, Matt, <clears throat> I've been thinking a lot about that, about doing that. I've even thought about just because, you know, JP's being JP, we could just, um, we could just, uh, I love you, JP. Um, but I thought about like, what if I just buy my own water, house, like GoPro camera with a waterproof casing and I just take you snorkeling and we just go try to hunt that lemon shark that I've seen around here. Yeah, 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 we could do that. I also know some, I've also got somebody who uh, I can replace you with now, JP, who's a professional uh, film person going Ooh, around. Professional, oh, oh that's, uh, that must be around nice. The world. No, I would, I would call you the same if you just pick up the camera and get here. Um, but anyways, so moving along, episode <laughs> 100 is breaking us up as we speak. Oh, please, if we uh, survive, if we survive the great, the great Foo Fighters episode, we're fine. Great Foo, Fight, no, great Foo Fighters episode. I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't survive that episode, guys. We're still crumbling at the core because of that. I hate that. Um, <laughs> I, I would say episode 12 is probably episode 12 is probably the one I would say is our coolest experience of getting Rob Bell on and talking to him. But I would say that I equally enjoyed the the Christian Media Empire episodes where oh, yeah. we were all. <clears throat> all sitting on the floor at father chuck's house in the same room talking and laughing and cracking each other up um that was a good time um the episode with my cousin on it i really liked oh yeah that was good um i enjoyed that one a lot um i would say i've loved that we've met friends through this podcast and we've got a father fun who's a reoccurring character in our journey and um, never fails to crack me up and how perfectly he fits in by being the one who doesn't fit in. Like, he fits in with us perfectly, but he's the one who's like, guy, shut up, stay on track. And I'm like, we need him. Father Fun is, Father Fun is meant to be here. Uh, so, yeah. That's really it's, what I should be doing. So, but, so yeah. Much, yeah, I mean, it's supposedly what the moderator does, but we need somebody to come in to keep our moderator moderating. So it's good. It's good. If you haven't That's noticed by now, I'm not actually a moderator. <laughs> I'm just, I just, just a guy asking questions. <laughs> if you, if you haven't Most noticed in a hundred episodes, we don't know what we're doing. But... <laughs> to be fair, JP, there have been lots of people that have listened to this podcast, you know, lots in terms of what's it, seven, um, <clears throat> who have, um, who have said that, um, you do great. You do a great job at hosting. Like that, you have great hosting oh. sensibilities. <clears throat> well, thank you to those people. I, I appreciate it. Except, except I, I do all. think it was you guys talk way too long sometimes. But whatever. except those reviews are all written by bots too, so it usually <laughs> sounds something more like "Great moderator, you JPR doing is wonderful," and like just, is a high rating. JP <laughs> JP human person uses voice well. <laughs> Just a thousand Yuri's. <laughs> <laughs> Yuri. Uh, well, cool, cool, Matt. I, I'm glad you were able to share that with us. And uh, those were some great moments. I think. Um, I personally, uh, I'm kind of surprised you didn't bring up the Buffy episodes, but you know, it's 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 fine. Uh, 
Well, I mean, Father Chuck wasn't able to be on those episodes. You know, I like him better than you. So, of course, right. What about you, JP? I don't like this podcast, to be honest. (laughs) It's it's not. It's not Harmon Town. I don't even know why I bother. (laughs) He's never listened to an episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is a single episode. This is not something that I would have kind of gone out of my way to do. Um. I think I, I definitely probably would have attempted a podcast on my own, um, but it would not be through the lens of Christianity or any sort of religion. It definitely would have just been about movies. I don't know. When, when you when you kind of first approached me about it, Chuck, um, I was definitely like thinking to myself, there's there's no way I could I, I, I would ever uh, last on like a Christian podcast that just talked about you know, Christian issues every week. But when I started thinking about it from the perspective of just a guy like um, engaging with questions and topics and just trying to get as much interesting feedback or ideas or opinions from you guys, uh, the more it interested me. That's sort of why I kind of do it. Um, Because, you know, I I have known you guys for so long and I've uh, talked to you about everything and, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's it's sort of a joke on the Internet amongst more professional, you know, writers and podcasters and stuff about, like, how, you know, there's they're sort of the cliche guy and his friends think they're really funny, so they start a podcast because the world has to know their opinions and jokes. And we kind of fit that mold a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, and, and... and I mean, but at that's the same the conversation time, that started all of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, people joke about that a lot. But also, like, I mean, we 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 scored Rob Bell. Like, like I like I, my mantra concerning Rob Bell is that he did a bigger favor for us than we did for him. <laughs> right. Um, which uh, thank you, Rob. Because um, well, we know still, he listens. <laughs> it, 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 totally, eternally gracious. It just kind of goes back to. Dan Harmon quoting Joseph Campbell, who always says to always follow your bliss and, you know, follow what makes you happy. And you have no idea where it might take you. In my sense, I I got to interview Rob Bell. So (laughs) you never know. Right. Um, And uh, like I said, this is not, it's been interesting because it's not something I'm passionate about. I'm not someone who I never consider myself to become like a Christian thinker. You know, I never wanted to be like that type. I just wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, so doing this has been kind of like a, a healthy challenge. And it's it, it's given me an outlet and something that I don't normally do, wouldn't normally do. <sighs> if that makes any sense. Um, as far as past episodes, man, I have a lot of favorite favorites. You know, coming from my perspective as someone who like records it, and then plans it, records it, and then edits it, and then puts it out there, and then listens to it some, occasionally. I feel we, like I come we get from it. JP, we get it. JP does all the work. We, we get it. Just yeah, a pause break for JP. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> He's moderator smallest, and producer. Smallest clap. Um, it, it, it's, it's different kind of watching it grow. I, have kind of, I feel like I have a different perspective than you guys do. 
And so, like, to see when an episode, like, really works, it, like, it's really relieving. Um, but that also may, kind of makes me, I think, also makes me the show's biggest critic. Um, so, like, when I say, like, I, when I say I like an episode, that means, like, everything really fell into place, everything really worked out well, and it came out, like, as, as good as it could possibly become. And uh, basically what I'm saying is, if I say an episode's good, it is objectively good. Uh, <laughs> um, like, I, I, I think some of our Christian curiosity episodes are awesome. Yeah. Uh, I really loved the prayer of Jabez, uh, oh. episode. <laughs> that was a lot of fun to research, a lot of fun to record and even more fun to listen to. Cause I'm like, if someone listens to this episode, like their first try, they're, they're, we're going to hook them. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's bizarre and it's funny, and it was so much fun to do. Um, the "What Would Jesus Do?" episode, um, I, th- I think, is really great too. Yeah, uh, because you learn a very unknown story behind it. Like it, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, my, my my politics are very left leaning. I think we everybody knows that by now. Um, and I think it just sort of like the biggest most interesting reveal about that little bracelet was that it was started by a, a very self-professed Christian socialist. Right. And uh, a woman who noticed it was herself considered a Christian socialist. And then to talk about like, because of their ideas of not wanting to exploit something, um, it definitely got exploited. <laughs> like it's, it's such a indictment on capitalism without ha- us having to like, criticize capitalism you know right um and also just uh, just an interesting just an interesting story and, and, a, and a really fun thing i learned and um so there's that obviously rod bell that was a good episode uh credit to matt for scoring that by the way <laughs> oh my god that's I, I i'll just i'll never forget like matt just calling me and being like hey we got rod bell I'm like what I'll never forget Matt spamming my phone while I'm trying to watch um, Spider-Man Homecoming. I think it was Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, He just spammed my phone. Or Civil War. Maybe (laughs) it was Civil War. One of those. He was just spamming my phone and would not. I'm like, is someone dying? So, like, I (laughs) quietly texted him. And I was like, dude, like, I'm in the middle of watching Spider-Man. Like, come on. And he's like, "You're good. It's worth it." I'm like, "No, it's not." And so I, <laughs> sorry, Matt. So I finished. I well, finished no, watching. Wait, wait. I have to interrupt because the audience doesn't understand. For Father Chuck to look at a phone in a movie theater is like <laughs> yeah. a cardinal sin to him. So you have no idea how much I had to like relentlessly text his phone, knowing he's sitting in a movie, to get him to look down at that phone. And then not only look down at it, but get up to be like, okay, what is going on? Because I drove him insane is what I did because he does not touch his phone during movie theaters. And actually, if you want to see a really funny moment, um, watch a movie in front of Father Chuck and pull your phone out during the movie. It's good times. It's good times. But carry on. The audience needed to understand how big that moment was to understand your story. So go ahead. Carry on. But yeah, so yeah, that's when I call him after, after the theater. In the, in the parking lot. And I'm like, dude, what do you want? And I don't know <laughs> if I actually sounded like that. If I did, I'm sorry. Um, 
and it was just like we got Rob Bell. I'm like no, <laughs> no. Um, but we did. And then I also love just in the background of that. I love how we all sat in front. I really hope Rob Bell listens to this episode because <laughs> the, the, the behind the scenes piece of this is just delightful. Maybe we should make sure we send him a link to this because because I just remember all three of us. First of all. Like Matt about to murder me because like I tried some kind of like programming trick to get multiple microphones to work that completely screwed up the audio or something on on his computer and he was just mad at me. The other was the three two of us, minutes before the time yeah. my computer quit working completely. <laughs> and the three of us sitting around. I mean, JP flew in for this. We're we're uh, sitting drove in drove sir. in. That's right. We're we're all sitting around a table in Matt's house. Keelan is off to the side, like sort of just being an interloper. We're all sitting there, and then we have this moment where we realize. You know, we've never really had confirmation from Rob Bell that this is going to happen. <laughs> we, had, we, had two, we had two emails, guys. We had an email saying he would love to do your show at 10 o'clock on this day. And then we talked about we're all excited. And I was like, wait a minute. He's in California. Is that 10 o'clock our time? Is that two? So I sent an email saying, what time is that on our time? And we got one back saying that it's um, 1 o'clock our time, 10 o'clock is. Is yeah, that right? Something like that. Yeah. And that was it. That was the only, all we got was he would love to be on your show. Yes. 1 PM your time. And then we're sitting in front of a computer and it's one o'clock and we're like, um, what if he doesn't actually come? It, it was funny. Cause we definitely were like all three of us sitting in a row in front of the camera and just like waiting, like, right. Like, <laughs> like an Apollo 11, like an Apollo mission or something. Right. And if like, you, and if you right now pause this episode and click play on episode 12, you'll hear that in that very, very opening second of the pl- of the, the episode. You'll yeah. hear us for the first time realize he's actually calling and on the screen. Yeah, oh, there he is. He's on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, gosh, I'm so I'm so afraid to listen to that episode because that was such a long time ago. And um, I. Uh, that one still holds up. It just our audio was awful because of the stupid program we used to use to record. Yeah, yeah, and, and to be fair, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, his audio was worse than ours. Well, on our on our end, yes. Yeah. Anybody who called in, that's the problem we used to have with that. What was it called? What was that program? Call note. Call note. Yeah, don't ever yeah, use call anybody, note. Anybody who wasn't sitting in the room recording with you sounded like they're talking through a tin can. Um, yeah. and that's definitely, um, hyper evident on that episode because we're all sitting in the room talking and then he sounds like he's calling in on a string in a tin can. <laughs> that's so. what call, that, I mean, that's what call note is. They, they just send you a tin can and you send yeah, it in the mail and, you have to make sure you pull it tight before you talk or you can't hear him at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was like freaking out because like, you know, I'm, I, at this time I'm supposed to be like the show's moderator. And I just remember thinking, I have no idea what in the hell I'm going to talk about, talk to Rob Bell about. Right. So I have no idea. He's friends with Oprah. I haven't read his book. I haven't read his books in years. Uh, I'm not going to start now because I'm just like I'm just going to glaze over and be like uh, uh, anxiety. Like I, I had no idea what I was going to. I just know it is. The, it, I had a week to prepare and I, I did no preparation. I remember like like, JP. I remember oh, your. Your your legitimate anxiety over this, <laughs> like I call you guys and tell you that Rob Bell's gonna be on. It's all excitement, and then I get like almost these messages from JP of like, 
I seriously thought during that like week, two weeks, we had to wait. I think it was like two or three weeks, but that we had to wait from the time we found out till we had him on. Um, I seriously thought this isn't going to happen because JP is going to back out on me. Like he's, like, he's like, I don't, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do it. I'm like, dude, we're just talking to him. Calm down. Like, uh, but JP went through some kind of like life crisis realizing on episode 12, JP realized, wait, I don't know what it means to be the moderator. <laughs> Pretty much. And I thought I thought he was going to cancel on us. I seriously thought you weren't going to show up for that episode for like a week. And I remember telling my wife, like, JP's going to back out on me. Oh. <laughs> just just to be completely transparent on all this, I was preparing my like questions. Like I was preparing, <laughs> like if I, if, if, you know, if, if I have to step into this, like, you know, because I figured I figured if JP was going to back out because he was so anxious about it and Matt, like, no offense, but it's pretty starstruck. Like, uh, who's going to talk to the guy? And I was like, and at the time I was kind of like, eh, about, you know, sort of, I, I, I was aware of Rob Bell. I didn't know, I'm, I wasn't like a Rob Bell fanboy. So I, w- I felt like I had at least a little bit of, of like objectivity in being able to moderate if I had to. Um, but then at the same time, it was like, this guy knows Oprah. Like, yeah. Yeah, this like the- beside the fact that I'm not a fanboy, like, what the hell am I going to say to him? Yeah. And then, and then he came up on the screen, and Father Chuck experienced uh, start being starstruck for like the first time ever, too. <laughs> so. Yeah, because it was, it was, it was, it was like this is real. Like this dude's, yeah. And um, and I was like, do you serve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I like. It's, it's kind of funny to listen to it. I haven't listened in a while, but I, I do remember like becoming almost a little too comfortable and switching gears and just immediately asking about um, um, Pete Holmes. Right. <laughs> Which feels like such a fanboy thing to ask. What's 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 it like knowing this famous person? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> also at the time, I was a pretty big fan of Pete Holmes, so... Still a pretty big fan, but we should try to get Pete Holmes on the show. That should be that should be episode one twelve. Is Pete Holmes, guys? If if Rob Bell gave me anxiety, <laughs> like Pete Holmes would ruin me. <laughs> yeah, but but I have a feeling that if we got Pete Holmes on and you had a full on like literal panic attack on the screen with him, I feel like he would turn that into pure gold anyway. So just go that's ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was an experience. Uh, also, you know, not long after that, I think, I think Rob Bell gave us sort of a big confidence boost in, in our abilities and our show, because not long after that, um, we were just like, let's, let's put this baby to use and, uh, you know, go to a convention as real life press. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that was that. I, that was so exciting for me. I was so grateful that I that I had the opportunity <laughs> to go to. Oh, that's right. I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. That was yeah. Yeah, that was definitely one of the most fun memories around the show too. Is um, walking up to that. Well, that's and that was another moment too. Uh, Father Chuck wasn't there for the full experience, but we kept him filled in on everything. But that was yeah. another one where like JP and I we reversed roles. I hopped on a plane and went all the way to Texas. JP yeah. drove to meet me there. 
Um, and it wasn't till the morning of when we went to the convention center where we found out if we were actually going to get these press passes or not. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, it's like an email saying, sure, come on down. So we show up and we're like, is this, are they going to like turn us away at the door? Um, I can't afford to buy tickets to this place. So if we don't get in as press, we're not going to the convention. So what are we doing? <laughs> well, and the other thing is that that experience also is what kind of launched us. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. We need to be much better about it. And JP, you're, 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 you're big, you know, proponent of us doing more like multimedia. Cause that's the thing is like, that's when we started doing like some live streams, some Facebook, some Facebook live videos, things like that. Yeah. Cause I was around the same time that while well, you guys were away, like I posted a video of me and my kids climbing and screaming all over me. And... Which my, which by the way, Chuck, my, my family loves that video. Yeah. Cause they, they know the context and everything. And they, my mom saw that she like almost fell out of her chair laughing. <laughs> Where you just stare blankly at the screen for like two minutes while your kids are crawling all over you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I hope you guys are having fun in Vegas or in, in, in Texas. Yeah. Cause we were sitting in the George Decay uh, panel. That's right. Uh, while you're sending that, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I do hope that we can keep this podcast going um, for a while. You know, just keep it going because um, it'd be cool in like three years' time when because I, when I wish I thought about this this past summer with the Episcopal Church's general convention. I thought it'd been I think it'd be really funny to bring you two and we could do like a whole range of things with the Episcopal Church's convention, like you two being outsiders, like getting press passes to go to the general convention of the Episcopal Church, <laughs> and just like me and Father Fun being, because I mean, he works, so he wouldn't be able to be too involved, I don't think, um, but um, we could definitely have like in the evenings and stuff, but like having some inside baseball, but then you two outsiders being like, what is going on? Because <laughs> like, like what, what time is Sulu? When is Sulu on? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a convention, but it's not a con, right? Like, um, it'd be really actually that'd be funny if we did that and you guys dressed up as like comic book characters like you both showed up as like Deadpool like uh, I thought this was a con so this is definitely um, it's been a it's been, it's been a ride it's been a wild ride and uh, if you've been listening to every single episode following us from the beginning or if you're a new follower oh, I, I guess I should also mention um, I did really love interviewing uh my friend Amanda on oh, her right. uh, short film project and, um, and we just getting back. to talk to yeah and just getting to talk to another filmmaker you know talk about the process and stuff and I know a lot of people enjoyed that um, and the wives episode yeah. <laughs> basically was... basically guys let's just be fully honest here episode 100 let's just finally address the elephant in the room and be honest that this podcast is a million times better when there's a woman on it it is so, so we uh, it's just time. It's just time we move over and let them have the podcast. Cause <laughs> those are those are the greatest episodes. There are. It's it's that was what it is. That was great because I had no idea. That's another a, a situation where JP had no idea what to do. Um, we also gave you no prep. We just Matt and I concocted. Yeah, that, that was in the background. That was and... just a fun fun moment. We yeah, we, we walked planned. out of yeah. He and I Father walked. Chuck and I planned the episode and trick jp so we logged on got everything ready but when jp logged on we weren't sitting there <laughs> yeah it was uh it was and heather and i was like oh gosh i don't i don't know what to do 
Yeah, because really again, when we told because again when we told you the concept of that episode, you had more anxiety over interviewing the two of them than you did Rob Bell. So we yeah. decided we would just not give you a choice and not tell you that they're going to be on it. <laughs> In case people haven't noticed, JP goes through a lot of anxiety uh, around this podcast. Yeah, I'm glad we could do that for you. Well, and let's acknowledge too that that episode stands as our most listened to. Oh, does it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe I believe it might be more than Rob Bell. I could be wrong on that. Maybe Rob Bell's still number one, but there, it's definitely definitely up there, more above any of the ones just the three of us have done. Um, oh wow! I think, and I and I wonder if it's possibly due to the you know both a combination of Heather and Kana's friends checking it out because of the way we promoted it, um, which is just oh. different listeners. But the other, but but then again, like it consistently gets listens. Like when I look at our SoundCloud data. It gets listens, um, even uh -huh. now. Um, and I'm wondering, actually, if it has a lot to do with the subject matter. Because anxiety right. is such a huge part of our society. And if, you know, people are willing to listen to anything about anxiety. So maybe we should do, maybe we should do an episode of the three of us talking about anxiety. Not to steal thunder from our, from our spouses, but I think that it's a topic that affects all three of us and mm -hmm. um, in different ways. Okay, well, so I guess uh, that that's our moment of reflection. Uh, we spent a good amount of time doing that, which is which is fine. Um, so and, we and that whole moment of going through our years of podcasting and hundred episodes will be will be presented with the background track being um, "Time of Your Life" by Green Day. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Vitamin C, baby. Usually, when we come with ideas, I, I I rarely say like no unless I think it's like a horrible idea. Um. But I thought this would be interesting uh, because, you know, we, we have Music Mayhem where we talk about, uh, you know, albums that we want to explore and things like that and are, are uh, you know, uh, horrifically disagree over um, ruined friendships. Um, this week we're going to talk about a song. It doesn't really have anything to do with it being a 100th episode, but we thought it'd be fun to do. Uh, we're going to talk about Black Sabbath's War Pigs. Very random, I know. But... Um, Father Chuck, what made you decide uh, we should talk about war, this 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 classic rock staple? Well, when the other day you posted the question of you know this is our hundredth episode, what are we going to do? And I know we, for like months we've kind of been kicking around like I mean we we we, we talked even at one point like big extravagant things. We're trying to get every guest that we ever had on the show on and all this stuff. Um, and so the idea of of like how to sum i've started to think how do we sum up like is there a way to sum everything we've done for 100 episodes into like one thing and so i just kind of was really quickly thinking about some of the highlights of the show um big overview and realized you know we do a lot of like christian curiosity christian culture stuff satanic panic stuff has come up a few times music mayhem is something we've done two years in a row and we both and we've all really enjoyed it um so like music has been a part of our conversation pop culture uh response to you know the christian response to things in pop culture all of that and then we've also talked about the apocalypse, the rapture, all of these things. And for some reason, it was just like War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Like that, all of that to me is distilled in that song. Um, and so, and I'll, I, I have a story. Of, I, I could go on if you want me to talk a story about like why. Go ahead. Okay. So my experience with this song. So um, as many of our listeners know, I grew up much like, uh, much like um, Officer Matt and, and, and JP. Um, in a Baptist uh, evangelical Christian environment. 
and just like the two of them, um, went through my phase of, re- of sort of kicking against it and rebelling against it and all those sorts of things. Um, so in the early 2000s, I was in a bit of a transition phase in my own religious upbringing and sort of um, revisiting what I believed and, and kind of actively rebelling against a few things. Um, at the same time, I was surfing, and I, I had just recently um, gotten into um, uh uh, surfboards that were um, sort of surfboard designs inspired by what's called the transition era in surfboarding, uh, it, it, which is uh, in surfing, which is 1968, 1969. It's when um, it's when when they started uh, making boards shorter than nine feet, um, so seven foot boards, all that. So I was getting into into surfboard design from that period and starting to to do that. So like to get into the headspace of that, I started listening to a lot of 70s rock, and just this is the kind of weird person I am. And so a couple of things, like I remember from my, uh, from my childhood that like being told like, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, you know, different, like, you know, Led Zeppelin's bad. All these different bands are like, they're, they're, they're Satanists and all that. And I was just sort of like, are they though? Um, and so I started, um, and it was also, I, I was also watching a lot of this, or that 70 show at the time. Um, and so I was just kind of feeling, uh, interested in, in, in actually sort of investigating this stuff for myself. So I remember like I got on, uh, on like Napster or LimeWire back in those, my less scrupulous days and downloading some stuff and like, like Blue Oyster Cults, Don't Fear the Reaper. Love that song. I remember being told yes. that it's like a devil song, like whatever. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet-esque song. I don't know how satanic it really is. Um, arguably about suicide, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, and, and then I was just like, you know what? Black Sabbath. I remember Trans World Surf. Um, you remember those shirts that Billabong made for a long time that said, like, listen to Bob Marley? Do you remember those T-shirts? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, so Billabong marketed T-shirts, and he said, listen to Bob Marley. And the whole idea is, like, you know, it'll change your life. I was more of a, a Gap teenager. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, Trans World, Trans World Surf and Trans World Skateboarding Magazine were selling their own version of that shirt, but it said, listen to Black Sabbath, which I thought was hilarious. So I was, and so in the midst of all this, I'm like, I'm going to check out Black Sabbath. I, you know, it's like, oh, they're this devil worshiping band, whatever. And so like, I downloaded a few songs and like Iron Man, Paranoid, plus I'd heard Paranoid on the radio a few times, but like uh, Iron Man, Paranoid and War Pigs, Luke's Wall, um, Electric Funeral, Fairies Wear Boots, all those different songs. So I, um, and so I'm listening to them and as I'm paying attention to the lyrics, I'm realizing this isn't satanic. Like oh, no, a guy who travels through time and creates a magnetic field that draws a bunch of metal to himself. Like, oh, what a wicked, <laughs> evil song. Um, that's Iron Man, for those who don't know. Um, yeah. But then it's really paying attention to the lyrics of War Pigs. It actually had a transformative uh, effect on me and my, and my beliefs about the, the end of the world and what, what goes on in the book of Revelation because the song is actually about, um, is about warmongers getting their comeuppance. Um, that, um, you know, the, the, the whole, idea, and, and the politics of war, I mean, to this day, like, I just still sit with the idea that these people sitting in strategy, you know, in these big, you know, war rooms make planning war, you know, they actually don't fight them. They just sort of conscript poor people to do that fighting for them, um, into the, 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 the economy of war and, um, and then how it, you know, and it's, and it's evil representations and how like war is demonic, it's satanic. Um, and really like it's an anti-Satanist song. Um, and ultimately it's about God, you know, striking the hour and, you know, punishing these, punishing these warmongers for, for their sins upon the world. 
Um, so it's very apocalyptic in like the biblical sense of apocalyptic, um, mysterious, hidden, and it's about the end of you know about the end of things. But it's ultimately about just you know divine justice prevailing in a world that's been sort of ruined by human evil, and that's just like to think that like Black Sabbath wrote this. It was just sort of like it was such a revelation to me, uh, no pun intended, that. Um, that there was this richness in this band that everyone was just sort of like, well, they look like devil worshipers. Um, and, and so, so yeah, so that, that's, it's, it's one of my favorite songs. Of course, it's, it, it's also great for exposing the sort of blues roots of heavy metal and some different things just musically. Um, but I just, I, I really, that's, 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 that's my relationship with the song. Like it, that's it. Lester Bangs wrote in Cream uh, magazine. You don't know who Lester Bangs is. He's a very uh, legendary rock critic, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman in Almost Famous. Uh, he wrote about Black Sabbath. They are probably the first truly Catholic rock group, or the first group to clearly immerse themselves in the fall and redemption. Uh, the traditional Christian dualism, which asserts that if you don't walk in the light of the Lord, then Satan is certainly pulling your strings. And a bad end can be expected is even imminent. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, he also said um, about War Pigs, uh, which I think is pretty cool, War Pigs ends up a fantasy of Judgment Day, the sword of the archangel cleaving the necks of those who have chosen to serve Lucifer and now must follow him into Gehenna. You can laugh at Black Sabbath or something of the John Milton of rock and roll. You turn to me with all your worldly greed and pride, but will you turn to me when it's your turn to die? The Christianity running con consistently through their songs is cruel and bloodthirsty in the way that only Christianity can be. Ooh. <laughs> Which is to say, lopping off heads with feverish pleasure, clad all the while in the raiment of righteousness and moral rectitude. Uh, then he, and then he goes on to talk about electric funeral. Um being atomic war is the second coming of Jesus. Uh, yeah. Electric funeral is their picture of atomic war as the second coming. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from Chuck. You know, I, I never really, I've always, I, I mean, I've always dug black Sabbath. Um, you know, a big fan of like crazy train, um, and, you know, paranoid and, uh, children of the grave is one of my all time favorite songs of theirs. Good song. Um, from I think Master of Reality. Masters right? of Reality, yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course this song too, it's great. And it's like you said, it, it really does I, I think they, they've always been kinda they've always kind of shied away from what what they're always trying to from what they're trying to say, right? Like they're they're never like really that blatant. Like if if someone asks them, what does the song mean? Um, but I do think War Pigs they may never say it. I don't know if they ever said it or not, but Warpigs does feel like a, like a protest song. Yeah. Well, Geezer Butler, who wrote the song, um, Geezer's the basis for Black Sabbath, for those who don't know. Um, Black Sabbath at this time period, the, line, the lineup is Ozzy Osbourne on vocals. Geezer Butler is the bassist and main lyricist. Uh, I can't remember their drummer's name. Um, but then Tony Iommi is their guitarist. And J Tony Iommi is just, he's been yeah. the most consistent member of Black Sabbath. And he is just uh, the man, the man, just could come up with. I mean, legendary, timeless guitar riffs. Like, like, I mean, just it was it's insane. It's just insane. 
Um, but he, um, but yeah, so Geezer Butler said that uh, a couple of things about this song that I found online is that initially he wanted to name it like Walpurgis or something like that, which is the name of like, like the hypothetical Satanist Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and his whole thing was that, you know, war is Satan. Like the idea that like, you know, it, it, he wasn't like saying like, he wasn't trying to celebrate Satanism. He was basically showing that, you know, like Satan's a bad guy, but Satan is embodied in war. And, you know, this is just, it, it's just very interesting, you know, because their imagery, look, you know, people would criticize them as being a cultist, Satanist, you know, pro-Satan, but they're actually not. Um, yeah. But Geezer Butler at one point said that it was about the Vietnam War. Um, but Tony Iommi in later interviews discredited that and said, we weren't that well-versed on anything. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're poor kids from industrial, you know, London and Birmingham, Birmingham. And, uh, and said that they, you know, they weren't really well versed in what was going on in, in war or whatever, like in the, in, in the different wars or whatever. But Geezer Butler did feel like he wanted to talk about some stuff because in, in interviews, he said in this, I mean, Black Sabbath really embodies the sort of the, the implosion of the hippie culture because he says, like, at this time, like, all the rock songs on the radio and stuff are all about, like, putting flowers in your hair and coming to San Francisco. And he's just like, I'm in Birmingham. Like, this is, yeah. you know, this is not, you know, this is not the kind of world we're living. And so they wanted to reflect and, that in their music and to show that there's the other say, side of the equation. If I could just say, as someone who's been to Birmingham in England, uh, there is, like, nothing to do there. Yeah. <laughs> it is probably the most boring place I've ever visited. Very pretty, though. Okay. You do a lot of hiking. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, what were you saying? Oh, I was just yeah, they, basically they were trying to show that it was the that there was another side to the to to the protest stuff, and there was another side yeah. to you know, they were saying like Bob Dylan had kind of fallen out of popularity by that time, so there was nobody really criticizing war and industry and all like like that kind of stuff, and so they were sort of angry and wanted to show that there was you know that the world wasn't moving toward you know this utopia this West Coast. You know, West Coast of U.S. utopia that there are a lot of people who are living in the shadow of the ugliness of the world, and that that's what they were trying to do with their music. Just, I mean, interesting stuff about Black Sabbath. Um, they they began as a blues rock band called Earth, and um, after a while, they changed the name to Black Sabbath after a Boris Kar- Kar- uh, Karloff movie, and yeah. they wanted to. They basically just sort of got theatrical and used horror movie and occultic occultist stuff as like inspiration for their their persona and their lyrics and, and whatnot um, did they did they come out before or after uh or around the same time as alice cooper uh that i don't know i feel like cooper's later than them because um, i mean they're the they're sort of the i mean they, they, they were i mean i think their first album came out like 1970 i mean they're they're like okay. right on the cusp of this stuff um, but, um, but yeah, they, I mean, like I said, they started as a blues rock band and then they sort of dressed themselves up in occultic imagery and, um, is just sort of a theatrical piece. And, um, you know, they were kids and it irritated their adult, the adults and that's what they were into. Um, but you know, so I can see like where, you know, I can see where stuff gets like, you know, the first album, we sold our souls to rock and roll. Like people totally, like, I can see how people would take, you know, take this stuff just at face value and be really concerned about it. But when you pay attention to the lyrics, that was the thing that shocked me about them, was paying attention to the lyrics and being like, wow, like, no, these guys are actually, um, are actually, I, was like, I mean, especially like War Pigs, like, there's nothing objectionable <laughs> in yeah. this song to me as a Christian. Um, right. And in fact, they're saying things that, you know, a lot of other Christians aren't necessarily saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Matt, I want to know your thoughts on uh, Black Sabbath and uh, the song War Cakes. It's good. <laughs> okay. All right. I I I haven't. Um, Black Sabbath is one of those groups that I've listened to a million times, but I've never sat down and listened to. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I've always been a fan of their music whenever it comes on, and especially when it's used in movies and things like that. I've always loved their music, but I've never really sat down and listened to it. Um, and read through lyrics and things like that. Um, but, but yeah, this song, I'd have to say I read through the lyrics on this one and definitely would agree with Father Chuck and say that there's not there's nothing objectionable in this song. There are definitely things in this song that make you feel as though you should object to something, and that's the mm-hmm. point to the song, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, you're reading it, you're going, I should be angry about this, but if you really read the lyrics to it, you're like, no, I 100% get what they're saying. Um, and I think it does play into the whole, Father Chuck's talking about how Satan's, like, embodied in war, and and things like that, and I think that's something that we've heard you hear throughout your entire life, is that war is hell. Anybody who's been to war is like, war is hell. And I really don't think, no matter what your political stance is, no matter how you feel about wars we get involved in and whether or not we should be there, if you put all that aside, I don't think anybody would disagree that the clearest picture of hell on earth is war. It is a, it is a specific time in which people's goal is to kill other people and it's like that's it's kind of the embodiment of everything that any other time in life would be seen as evil and wrong. And then war is like this time where it's glorified in a sense and sometimes pointless and meaningless and sometimes seemingly necessary. And it's like that to me is hell on earth is a, a time in which people are killing each other and hurting each other and fighting over things and fighting ideas it's yeah it's just the song kind of is in your face about the the level at which war is hell it's in your face about it so when you hear it you're like yeah this should be you do feel like when you're listening you're like this should be a song that i'm mad about like i don't know why but that's the feeling you get i should be mad at the <laughs> song and then you read the lyrics and you're like no i should be mad about the idea that war is something that we even have to we even have to consider and talk about because war is hell and the fact that we have to address this issue because as human beings it is something that happens and occurs and is constantly brought back it's a yeah it's a it's a rough topic that's for sure like fun 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 rock song to listen to and when it comes on the radio and like when you guys said hey we're gonna do this song you you two know how i am i listen to a billion songs i love music i love bands but i never know what band and what song i'm listening to i just never do because my exposure tends to be through radios and streaming where i don't always see who it is i'm listening to if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so when you guys were like we're gonna do war pigs it's like okay well i don't think i've ever heard it but okay (laughs) i hit play i hit play on the song and i'm like i've heard this song at least at least a million times in my life like it's (laughs) it's all the time like it took about 
three milliseconds when I hit play to realize I knew I could sing along to most of the song, even though I didn't actually know the lyrics. They just come out of your mouth when the song is playing. Like, yeah. it's like I can sing along to this song. So yeah, that, that's that's me with music. That's how it works. Chuck, you're about to say something. Oh yeah, I was just going back to that, especially that lyric. The one that sticks out to me is the one about, um, um, you know, that that they, they you know they leave that they you know they of course they're not going to go out and fight. They leave that up to the poor. Yeah. Um, I just even go back to um, um, Michael Morris Fahrenheit 9/11, where <laughs> I was just thinking about that too. <laughs> yeah, where he runs around in the street and he's like, trying to get all these you know Congress people who are like in support of war of going to war with Iraq, and it's like, well, here's you know here's an enlistment form for your kid. Like, you know, mm-hmm. how about how about you son you enlist them if you believe in it so much? You know, once you hear yeah. you, and none of them take it. And I just think about the ways in which that happens, you know, you, and how, you know, the, and I know I, I, might, I might get us in trouble a little bit, but there's that, there's that, there's like a systemic intentional thing of sort of like setting up enlistment offices in poorer communities, rural communities, and basically mm-hmm. telling like, you know, these, and, and actively looking, I mean, like I said, it's going to get me in trouble, but like almost like gang, like initiation type stuff like look for the kid who's like not doing well in school doesn't really fit in um and just be like hey here's an opportunity for you like enlist and we'll give you a career and an education and 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 the thing is is like at the same time my grandfather was a benefit was beneficiary of this my grandfather lived in like like dirt floor um shack in in rural georgia and became a career military man and uh, Nate first in the Navy, then, then an officer in the army uh, was a green beret. I mean, me, my, my family has what they have because of the military. So I, 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 I say all of this, keeping that in mind that it does, that there are people who have immensely benefited from this, but what a tragic thing though, that that's sort of what we do is that people in the upper echelons will exploit sort of like a patriotic fervor or they'll exploit like a need for a career and all of that stuff in order to get people to fight stuff that, you know, that they're, that they're scheming and putting together behind the scenes for their own particular agenda rather than, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, these are human beings and there's just something to think about, you know, we just don't talk about the fact that they, you know, that they are, they're real people and there's lives that are really affected by it. And then on top of that, people like John Stewart and others really pointed out how, our like within our country in particular we don't we don't support veterans like they come back they do all this stuff and then uh we cut va benefits we you know we make like we make these really intense conditions around it like i mean for instance you know my grandfather had alzheimer's couldn't get a whole lot of government assistance and help when he needed treatment because um his alzheimer's couldn't be you know connected to anything that happened in combat but Mm. like you, you, you you promised the world to this guy so that he yeah. could go off and and fight, and now it's sort of like, eh, and well, there's, thanks, thanks, but no thanks. And there's plenty of money going into it. Mm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, you know, I just love like these lyrics are so cool, and I I I, I just love the opening. Oh yeah, like the air raid siren. The the air raid siren. I'm just I'm talking about like the, just the lyrics. Like mm-hmm. those first lyrics, generals gather their masses, just like witches have black masses. Evil minds plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. Um, like to me, like those are like some of the greatest lyrics of all time. In my <laughs> and <laughs> like really showcases such a such a great vivid imagery uh-huh. being used with words. And it just and this song shows off Ozzy Osbourne's voice and like what he's capable yes. of. I mean, yeah. just that ah oh, man ah. And it's and it's so funny because I feel like I don't know maybe maybe there's I don't know maybe uh, we've come 
a little too far now because I feel like if uh, the younger generation knows anything about Ozzy Osbourne, they probably only know him from the show The Osbournes, but I don't know, maybe they're too young for that too. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when you think of like, you know, we kind of came of age when The Osbournes was on MTV when Ozzy oh. and his family were, you know, what a great reality show. TV show. And, it, it, you know, it was not, it was interesting. Like, it's a very different Ozzy. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, Ozzy has sort of always been sort of notorious in pop culture leading up to the Osbournes as, like, I mean, he got banned from Texas. Right. He, what was it? He pulled, he had, uh, one of the great stories is he had his limo, a limo was pulled over and he snorted a line of ants. Um, <laughs> you know, he bit the head off a bat and a, what, and a dove or something like that. Um, I think, I think that the bat was fake, but the bird was real. Yeah. So is that the story? One of them was, yeah. Cause one of them, like he was told it was a, it was just, it was just being done for like stage theatrics, but then someone like threw an actual animal on the stage and he said yeah. he realized what had happened after, you know, when it, you know, um, but yeah, so there's all this notoriety. I mean, same kind of thing. Like, um, so like Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson, um, uh, had a house in Orlando for a long time. And I knew people who lived in like his neighborhood and they told me yeah. stories about how they just remember, like they'd walk by his house and something you could look through the front window and he'd just be like on his couch watching like football or something. I, <laughs> You know, the idea that the idea yeah. like that, like that kind of stuff fascinates me, you know, these people have these notoriety, this notoriety, just like uh, a, a, reading um, an article in the New York Times yesterday about um, Steve Jobs's daughter, Lisa. She's a book of hers is coming out and it's you know made some uh, some waves about what a kind of a monster Steve Jobs. We all know he was, but um, what kind of a erratic individual he was. But she mentions in the book that toward the end of his life, he was sitting on the couch watching Law and Order. <laughs> it's just Steve Jobs watching Law and Order. Like that's just the kind of yeah. stuff. Like when you have this mystique that gets around people. But yeah, so as you're saying, like Ozzy Osbourne has this notoriety. He's for pop culture. He was like, I mean, that's how I never listened to his music. I just knew of him from his like, don't ever listen to Ozzy Osbourne. He bites heads off bats. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna chant demon music into your ears. And it's like, but have you listened to Crazy Train? That song's freaking awesome. But like, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so, and then, then the Osbournes comes on TV, and it's just like, Sharon! <laughs> I'll never forget, uh, early 2000s was uh, when OzFest was, was pretty big. And I remember I wanted to go to OzFest so bad. Was oh Corn Was Corn playing at that one? Corn, Marilyn Manson, Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit. Wow. Uh, Disturbed. Uh, Puddle of Mud. Who else? Probably Rob, Rob Zombie, Power Man 5000. <laughs> Power Man. <laughs> uh, you know, all those bands, man. That was like, and you know, when I when OzFest was, was popular, I lived just down the street from the uh, that amphitheater that's there in West Palm Beach. That's where they would have OzFest every year. And every year I was just like, oh, God, it's just right there. It's just right there. <laughs> And I just remember um, I used to, I, I used to I used to watch the Osbournes because I was you know MTV TRL kid yeah and uh, <laughs> I just remember one episode one one moment sticks out to me is uh, Sharon was I guess in charge of managing the tour and stuff and they were testing out special effects and there's this one thing they were testing out was just a part where they had like the stage all lit and stuff and then just bubbles. And then Ozzy just getting like really pissed off. <laughs> it's like this is bubbles. I'm the prince I'm the of, darkness. Lord of darkness. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the prince of darkness. There's bubbles. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I mean, I, you know, of course, and, and of course, my my introduction to Ozzy Osbourne uh, as as a young teenager, young preteen, was of course uh, Beavis and Butthead. Oh yeah, because Iron Man was one of the songs that they would go dan and they would always you know pantomime and. Of course, they, there was an actual episode where they're watching music. You know, when they're whenever they're watching music videos, there's that time the Iron Man did come on, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my exposure. My first time <laughs> I was exposed to him. <laughs> yeah, I remember they do make fun of Howl at the Moon at one point. Um, Ozzy Osbourne's Howl at the Moon because uh, he they it's an eighty eighties. Uh, by the way, just for listeners who don't know, eighties Ozzy Osbourne is a very different animal than Black Sabbath Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> And yeah. uh, Howl of the Moon is a, whew, it's a very 80s uh, metal, hair metal-esque kind of song, but it involves, the video involves Ozzy Osbourne being transformed into a werewolf, and it is hilarious. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, Ozzy Osbourne, cool guy. <laughs> still alive. A miracle he's still alive, really. I know, right? It's sort of on par with, like, Keith Richards. Still right, T- Tony Iommi, I think, has died, right? Tony Iommi died? I believe so, yeah. Um, uh, and Dio recently passed away. Oh yeah, Ronnie James Dio. The by the way, if if anyone's interested in um, listening to any any Black Sabbath outside of Ozzy Osbourne, I'm going to tell everyone right now that um, "Lost Children of the Sea" is one of the most ridiculous metal songs I've ever listened to in my life. It's a Rodney James Dio Black Sabbath song, nice. and it is it's it is Rodney James Dio, right? I'm not getting this. Um, I. I think so. Or Dio. I know uh, some people say his name is Dio, but Dio. Anyway, it was when Dio was singing. Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Okay. It's when he is, it was when he was singer for Sabbath. You guys have to listen to Lost Children of the Sea. Getting back to a little bit about like Black Sabbath and their mystique is how it's so easy to just sort of, especially for like very religious people, just project a bunch of stuff on it, right? Like I have a friend um, um, named Jay um, who has always been kind of like a goth person like he dresses you know he's he's into goth stuff piercings and the you know the weird facial hair and all that kind of stuff and he does that um he said he always did that kind of intentionally because he sort of took pride in the fact that because he's like one of the nicest kindest people um he always kind of took pride in the fact that people sort of just judged him based off of his appearances rather than got to know him and he just it's just funny for him this is that's kind of wavelength he's on and and i feel like that's such a similar thing with like the whole metal subculture because one, if you start learning, if you look into it, a lot of the a lot of major people in heavy metal are like really, really Christian. Um, yeah. Like the drummer for Iron Maiden goes to um, Spanish River Church over here, um, <laughs> and uh, like Slayer's lead singer is like super Catholic, um, I think. But um, but on top of this is like, so there's this whole. Um, there's this whole perception about it. And it's just, you know, a lot of it is an aesthetic because it, and, and it's out of, born out of people's amusement, really. But what it has done is it has caused sort of very religious, certain types of religious people and conservative type people in the world to just sort of like, they don't ever want to investigate it. They just want to be able to look at it and say, no, it's wrong. And you could confront them with like, well, no, look at the word, lyrics of War Pigs. Like this song is about like, it, it's consistent with the book of Revelation. Like, no, it's about the devil. Like you're being deceived. And it's like, you know, we paint the bullseye around the arrow. Because um, like I think about like ACDC, I mean, our, our kiss. How many of us grew up hearing that ACDC stood for After Death, Devil Comes. I didn't know that. You didn't hear that? Oh, I heard <laughs> no, that. Um, the other one that I heard was um, that KISS stands for Knights in Satan's Service. 
Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, because I know that they made it like it, I guess it was originally spelled as as an acro as an acrostic or, or or an acronym or whatever. Um, but like. I don't know. It's just so funny to me. And then, like, you listen to Kiss, and you're like, Detroit Rock City is like hardly satanic. Like, this, this, <laughs> let's be let's be real. This band's actually kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. I, although I, I I did go through a Kiss phase. We all do. <laughs> um, I remember That's too. Just, if you if you don't think they're evil, it's just because you haven't seen Never Too Young to Die yet. <laughs> What's that? It's the the John Stamos movie. I told yeah, you guys you need to see it. Yeah, Gene Simmons is the the bad guy in it. Yeah. The uh, well, the other and the other one was I remember because speaking of a blue oyster cult, I remember we had like a police officer come into my school. I remember, I keep listeners keep in mind I went to a, a very like at the time, at the time it was like a summit Christian. You know, to speak to my two co-hosts, um, it was very conservative Christian school, and we had a police officer come in who brought in like a vinyl copy of Blue Oyster Cult's um, um, whatever the name of the album is, the, the one that has Don't Fear the Reaper on it. The cover is very famous with the, with the Grim Reaper. And he like would talk about how like in his line of work, he encounters like all this like occultic Satanist stuff. And he was talking about his past and how like listening to Blue Oyster Cult like tempted him toward oh devil God. worship and stuff. And I'm just like, as a kid, I'm like, I was like in fifth grade or like sixth grade. I'm just like eating this up. Like, oh my gosh, it's terrifying. It's so scary. So of course, when I'm like in my twenties and I'm revisiting this stuff, I'm listening to it. And again, I'm like, nobody, has no one ever read a lyric sheet? Like you always criticize <laughs> Christians and saying, oh, you're just singing along, going through the motions. You should pay attention to the lyrics. I'm paying attention to the lyrics and they're not satanic. There, some of them are kind of silly. Again, like Iron Man was the first one. The, the, Iron Man was the first Black Sabbath song that I ever, of my own volition, chose to listen to. And as I listened to the lyrics, I'm like, this isn't satanic. It's about time travel. <laughs> time travel is satanic. Uh, yeah. It's just such a, it's just such a ridiculous, anyway. You know, it's funny. We, we talked about the uh, satanic panic in an episode, the episode after Rob Bell, actually. Um, and, uh, Which is fitting. Because, I mean, he brought on his own satanic panic. Right. It just kind of actually brings up something. It might be a bit of a tangent, but I, I feel like we should revisit satanic panic because I don't think we did a very good. We talked about the actual panic surrounding certain, you know, pop culture stuff like music and toys and TV shows and stuff. Yeah. But we didn't talk about the actual conspiracy theory that, that sparked it. That's true. You um, know, you know why you know why that episode wasn't as incredible as it could have been, right? Why? I wasn't on it. So. I know. It's just <laughs> yeah, we need we need to do it again so that Matt can be on. Of course, it's a second-rate episode. Yeah, because I think actually it's actually kind of timely if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we should talk about it again. Uh, Satanic Panic Volume Two. Um, so okay, well, I think that's a pretty good place to leave off. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Think works for me. Cool. All right. Well. Great. Um. So that's uh. That's episode 100, and again, that's 100 episodes, 100 and episodes. Uh, we're done. That's it. No more, no more podcasts. No more. Nope. We're finished. That's that's it. I think, good we, run, guys. I think we said everything we wanted to say, right? Like we're and plenty that we didn't want to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, hope you enjoyed listening. Um, if I can recommend some podcasts, uh, <laughs> Harmontown is good. Uh, uh, the Inglorious Pastards, I hear, is pretty good. Um, <laughs> Christian fun, it's good. Yeah. Uh, 
if you're listening to this and you would like to send Father Father Chuck um, some some vinyl copies of Black Sabbath albums, um, particularly um, we sold our our Masters of uh, Reality, um, I would be I would be grateful. Um, and also Paranoid. Um, just as a side note, this is one of those trivia things for me. After I started listening to Black Sabbath and I was considering a call to ministry, I decided that I was going to buy a vinyl copy of Masters of Reality because I love the cover. Um, and I was going to frame it and put it on my wall in my office because I thought it would be funny to be a pastor that has Black Sabbath records on his wall. Like, I feel like that would, <laughs> that would like set an appropriate tone. <laughs> Always the iconoclast. So one day, I'll, um, one day I'll do it. One day I will do it. The one day you will come into my office and there will be a framed copy of the cover of Black Sabbath Masters of Reality. Or just a, just a big poster of Dio. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and guys, and, and this is a side note, but as we're wrapping up here and bringing this all to a, to a wonderful end because the podcast is over forever. Um, in honor of our Prosperity Gospel episode last week where we talked about the truths of believing amazing people like us and you will send us money and things will be happy and your life will be blessed. We, we have a Patreon page now. Yes. It took uh, us a hundred episodes to get there, but we've got one because we can't teach the prosperity gospel and not have a way for you to send us your <laughs> tithes and offerings. <laughs> so, so it's finally yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we have a Patreon now. And uh, basically, if you're not familiar with Patreon and how that works, it's a uh, it's sort of like a uh, it's it's kind of it's a crowd funding platform uh, similar to something like Kickstarter or Indie Indiegogo, uh, but it's different than that. It's a, um, con- a monthly contribution type service. So what you do is you you sign up and you know there's all these different. Uh, podcasts and video shows and all kinds of different things, creative people doing things, and it's a way for you to support your your favorite creators. And right. you basically, can donate like a dollar or two dollars or five dollars a month, and that goes directly to uh, whoever you're supporting. So, right. And just for the record, you know, we're we 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 do this. We've actually lost money doing this podcast. And, yeah, we were operating at a loss. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, large those, loss. Those, that that fan expo trip uh, was not cheap uh, for us. Uh, <laughs> but the costs are, uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, for the, the, for the most part, just for the listeners who are considering this, our costs are actually pretty low. I mean, we, we maintain, yeah. we, we have to maintain a, you know, a SoundCloud account and a website, you know, so it's, it's, it's what, like, I think 300 bucks uh, a year, basically, is what we're looking at um, like to run the podcast. And, um, you know, that's, the other thing is, is that Patreon allows for certain, you know, if you, if you are, if you're a subscriber and all that kind of stuff, that there's extra content and we've been talking about some options of what we can do for that. Mm-hmm. My favorite is Matt's suggestion. Sorry, I'm going to throw this one out the bag because I just love the name of it is, um, you've got the power level. Like if you hit that level, mm-hmm. like you can suggest episodes or something like you've got the power to sort of dictate what we do in the podcast. I think that's fantastic. I'm yeah. sticking with the He-Man theme. So, um, anyway, we yeah, so you'll hear more talking about an honorary master's episode. Ooh. You're also talking about an, honor, an honorary master's level where you can be on the podcast. Yeah. So we're working on it. We're cool. working Definitely. on it. There's lots of good ideas coming your way. Cool. And, and let so us I, know if you have any ideas of what, what, what would you, what would you want as incentive for helping, helping us pay our bills, keep this going. Yeah. And like and like 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 Chuck said, um, the money will go into the show. It'll go into uh, you know paying for the sound our SoundCloud account, 
Uh, it would go into uh, possibly us buying a URL, which would be nice. Um, maybe we even lost a, that a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> maybe even a nicer, flashier website. Uh, maybe some newer equipment that we can have a much bigger, much nicer quality show. Advertising. Um, um, a Gulfstream 5 jet. <laughs> and we're, getting, maybe we're getting there. We're getting there. Even if there's a little, a little <laughs> leftover, maybe uh, JP could do this as a, as a, as a job. Yeah, that would be nice um, so, uh, because yeah I, 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 a lot of work does go into this and um uh also you know i'm 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 always going to need more space for our episodes because <laughs> otherwise i'll just keep culminating my laptop i already have a, an external hard drive that's uh, about a terabyte and it holds all of our episodes but you know if we're going to keep going we're going to need more space so yep you know, it's just sort of a it's a lights on kind of thing. It's a quality assurance kind of thing, and also maybe uh, also employ JP. We'll see. Yep. <laughs> or all three of us. Who knows? You know, if we're famous enough. I mean, I, honestly, let's think about it like that in terms of in just terms of ministry. How cool would it be for me, listener, to be a priest that no church actually has to pay a salary to? What what ministry and work <laughs> could be done yeah. if they don't have to pay the salary of their priest and their priest is making his own money on the side, yo? This is a, this is a side hustle, right? Where it's a side hustle totally. that we're trying to turn into a... I hate that phrase, but Candace wants to do a podcast <laughs> about them. So anyway, Patreon, pay. So it's yeah, money. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, it's with- Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So it's patreon.com slash masters of divinity. Yep, and I'll include a link to it uh, as forever on our uh, episode page at our website, uh, which you can find on Facebook. And uh, yeah, well, provide all the information for you. Yep. All right. So uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you're listening to us for 100 episodes, thank you so much. Uh, Father, Father Fun, thank you. Father Fun? Father... <laughs> 100 episodes, you forgot. Father Fun, Father Fun, thank you. No, no, really, seriously, yes, thank, you. thank you, Father Fun. Thanks, Father Fun. <laughs> Uh, Father Chuck, thank you. You're welcome. And Matt Wells, thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week, and good journey. Good journey. Good journey.